Good morning, everyone. Welcome back um, to our series, Full Proof in Your Life, um, as we continue to dive into the Proverbs once again this morning. And for those of you who were here last week, you might remember Mike was talking about where we start pursuing wisdom, where we can start learning about wisdom, and we can start learning about that by understanding the fear of the Lord. And that's where we started last week in Proverbs 1. But this week we're going to move on to Proverbs 2, 3 and 4. And I don't know about you, but I know certainly for myself that I'm not someone who likes reading at all. And I'm not someone who spent a lot of time reading the Proverbs and absorbing the wisdom that it has to offer. And so when I started preparing for this sermon... I really started to wonder and think about why that was the case, why I hadn't spent more time delving into this beautiful book and trying to understand the wisdom that it has to offer. And so maybe for some of you this morning, you are fans of reading, uh, but I know certainly for myself uh, that I am not um, at all in the slightest a fan of reading. I find reading very tedious and monotonous, um, and this probably stems from the fact that I have a massive lack of imagination. And so the whole premise of having to read something is something that tends to frustrate me, and I always look for an alternative wherever possible. An example of this is the past few weeks before um, going to bed, I've started listening to an audio book on um, Audible. And so I've been having someone literally read a book to me um, before I go to bed. And it's, you know, it's nice to have a little bedtime story. And it's a bit different from my mum because she used to make up the most random, bizarre things ever. If anyone knows what she's like, that is exactly the sort of thing she would do. And I would be scared before going to bed rather than sleeping peacefully. Um, but it's really useful. It's a really great thing to be able to have someone read that to me because I can't picture it all whilst trying to read. But that's just me. It's part of who I am, especially when it comes to this particular task, which for so many of you might be a hobby. And I think it's great to point out as well that you can do the same sort of thing with the Bible. So the Bible app that we talked about so many times, you can actually open that up and you can click on this little volume icon and then it'll start talking to you or start reading the bible to you which can be really useful if any of you out there are like me and maybe don't like reading or maybe you struggle to read for whatever reason or maybe even if you're traveling in the car it's a really useful thing so there's a pro tip for you there this morning is you can get that bible to read to you if it's something that you struggle with but this is the point i want to get to this morning and that is for some of us the thought of reading is hard work So maybe you lack imagination like myself, or maybe for whatever reason you struggle to read the words on the page. Maybe like me, you understand the importance of reading the Bible, but have to deal with the antagonization of knowing that involves having to read it. And that can be so daunting for many of us. But this morning, I want to explain to you why embracing the mosaic of the book of the Proverbs will prove the wisdom it contains to be a blessing and not a burden. I'll repeat that again. That embracing the mosaic of the book of the Proverbs will prove the wisdom it contains to be a blessing, not a burden. And yes, for those of you who may not like reading this morning, you heard me right. Reading can be a blessing and not a burden. And I believe that is especially true when you're reading the word of our creator. The first time that I properly realised this was actually a few weeks before Christmas. So 
for me, as you can imagine, reading the Bible has always been one of the biggest tasks and one of my biggest struggles. It's been a battle between wanting to grow spiritually, but realising to do that, I was going to have to read. And this has been a battle that has gone on for far too long. And so I decided for myself personally that every night before I went to bed, I was going to read my Bible. And trust me when I say this, I made the task as small and achievable as possible. So I literally only read one paragraph every night before bed, and that was anywhere between three to ten verses, roughly, depending on how excited I got whilst reading it. Sometimes I might read on a little bit longer. But I wouldn't leave it there. I would then begin to pray about the passage that I had just read, and then I would go to bed. And for some of us, that whole thing about praying can be quite a difficult thing as well, you know, without having something tangible to pray about. When something is happening in your life, it's very easy to pray about that. When you're driving your car and you're trying to find a car parking space, it's very easy to start praying about that. But just to have a conversation with God can be really difficult. And I realised in this moment that why it was so much easier to pray to him in that instance is because I was reading his word. I was having a conversation with him. So when I read this and God was speaking to me, I was able to then pray and talk to him because that's what prayer is. It's just a conversation. And I found that time, those two weeks, so amazing. It was such a spiritual high for me. And I could sense this in my day-to-day living as well as the way that I was singing and leading worship. And in my conversations that I was having with people, the scriptures that I was reading, they would begin to pop up and provide wisdom for other people in whatever circumstance they might have been finding themselves in. And I want to make one thing very clear this morning, that by no means do I think that the wisdom that I was offering in those situations, in these people's circumstances, was anything to do with me or the knowledge that I had or the wisdom that I had. But instead, it was the wisdom that I gained from reading God's word. And I was just blessed to be able to share that freely with other people. Another thing I want to clarify this morning is that the two books that I chose to read in that two-week period was not the Proverbs. It was 1 John and James. And this goes to show that there's wisdom to be gained from the entirety of the Bible. And so you might then question, if I say that, Why is Proverbs known as the book of wisdom? And it's a really, really, really simple reason. It's because wisdom is the main theme that is recurring through the entire book. So the whole premise of Proverbs is wisdom. And so that's why it's known as the book of wisdom. And so by spending time in Proverbs and by beginning to understand the recurring themes that lie within it, such as The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which Mike read last week in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. We can begin to grasp the depth of the book's minor themes. So one of these themes, and one of the most important themes that is actually in Proverbs, is learning and pursuing wisdom. So Proverbs 1, which is what Mike covered last week, um, it tells us to pursue wisdom and that the wisdom that we gain can save us from calamity. But moving on to chapters 2 and 3, the author begins to explore not only what wisdom means and how to pursue it, but he also explains the benefits for those who do choose to pursue it. And so a very, very brief summary of chapter 2 is this, that it celebrates the moral guidance of wisdom, and we can see how the wisdom leads us to the fear of the Lord. 
And then chapter 3 then, it begins to account the benefits that wisdom can bestow upon us. In chapter 3, verse 23, um, it reads this. Let's find it. It says, Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. Moving on to 24 and, uh, verses 24, 5 and 6. It says, If you lie down, you will not be afraid when you lie down. Your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So verse 23, it tells us, you know, that wisdom will keep us safe. And verses 24 and 26 tells us that we can sleep sweetly and we don't have to be afraid. And so if we begin to pursue wisdom, if we begin to pursue wisdom by understanding the fear of the Lord and chasing after him, then for many of us, living wisely would help us to avoid many sources of anxiety and alleviate many, if not all, of the fears that we may have. So there's a guy who actually paints a great picture of this. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but his name is St. Patrick of Ireland. And he is known for spreading the gospel to the Irish people. During his lifetime, Ireland was divided among small clans. And these clans would often go to war with one another. And after they spent all day fighting and all day fearing for their lives, the only way that some of these Irishmen could sleep would be to drink until they passed out. That was the only way that they could manage to get any slumber. But the Irish people... Whilst doing this, they would notice how soundly Patrick would sleep. Despite the fact that Patrick was consistently confronting kings and druid priests, and these guys were ones that feared and hated him, it didn't matter that he was facing these people, he still slept soundly each night like a person without fear. And I imagine that this was a guy who would cling to the Bible at all costs, that he would hold on to the truths that the Bible says throughout it in every situation that he found himself in. I can imagine that his mind, in the forefront of his mind, he would have those scriptures there. So whenever he got into a situation that seemed terrifying for most people, he could remain calm under those circumstances. I believe that there's a reason why he wasn't fearful of those around him and why by pursuing wisdom we don't have a reason to fear it's because if we fear the Lord, and I misunderstood this, right? I thought that fear of the Lord meant, you know, quaking in our boots and being trembling of him. But Mike covered it quite well last week, you know, that it's a respect of an authority figure. It's realising who that person is. The fact that uh, Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I believe that St. Patrick realised this. And so the reason he wasn't scared of those around him is because the person he was fearful of was on his side. And he knew that he was victorious over that, that he was sovereign over that situation. But would we be able to act the same in that circumstance? Would you guys be able to sleep soundly in the middle of warfare? Would you trust God's hand in that situation? Do you trust God's hand at the moment in, in the situation we find ourselves in? You know, with the whole talk about World War Three and the whole talk of Brexit, which has been going on for years. Do we trust God's hand in that? Do we trust in the sovereignty of God over our personal lives? And do we trust in the sovereignty of God over our entire world? If we find ourselves in times of trouble or temptation, do we cave into that? 
Or do we stick by the instruction of chapter 4 verse 7 in Proverbs, where it tells us not only to pursue wisdom, but to hold on to wisdom at all costs? And that is one of, one of the other themes that is recurring throughout the entirety of the Proverbs, that we need to not only, hold, uh, not only pursue wisdom, but we need to hold on to it with everything that we've got. And there's clearly a reason for that. There's clearly a reason why they repeat it over and over again. And we find that in many aspects of life. So I was thinking this morning, you know, if you're learning how to drive a car, um, not that I've got a lot of experience of that, I've only had a few lessons, um, but they tell you the same things over and over again. You know, brake here, uh, put the, your foot down on the clutch here, and they tell you the same instructions over and over again because they're important. And the reason they keep telling you that is until it becomes just second nature to you that you, you do it whilst you start driving. And I believe that's the same reason why it's repetitive in this, in the scriptures that we read. I don't think it's a case of bad linguistics, but instead I think it's a case of revealing the importance of several key themes. So every wise decision that we make is one more step towards building our lives on a firm foundation. Mike, he talked last week about the wise and the foolish man. And right now we've just realised, you know, that the scriptures, when something is deemed important, it repeats itself over and over again. And so guess what? I can do the same. So I'm going to reiterate the point that he was making last week about the wise and the foolish man. I want you guys to understand and grasp what is going on in this parable so you've got the wise man, and he was the one. He built his house upon the rock. So when storms came, his house did not fall down. It did not falter. However, the foolish man, he built his house upon the sand. And when the same storms came, his house would crumble and fall and be swept away by the tide. And so I think it's so important to realise what this is talking about. You know, when you're building a house, it's not something that happens in an instance. You don't lay one brick down and just go, hey, look, there's a house. Like, that's not what happens. It's, it's not the truth at all. But what happens is you take your time. So you don't just lay one brick, you lay the next brick, and then you move on to the next part and the next piece until eventually... There's a house there. In the same instance, by just reading one bit of text in the Bible, we don't become a super wise guru. It takes time. It takes effort. We need to build upon the foundations that we already have. Some of us might not have a foundation there. We might not have a knowledge of the scriptures. Some of us might have been reading the scriptures for years. But whatever foundation we're at, we need to build upon that. We need to make it stronger. We need to make it firmer so that when the storms of life come, we do not falter the same way as the wise man's house did not fall when the storms came. At the moment, I've been um, watching a lot of YouTube clips. Um, I've been going through a complete rabbit warren of it. And um, they keep give me suggestions on the homepage of what I should watch. And so for some reason, the other day I ended up watching a video of a man, and I don't know if you guys have heard of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, but he, like, he's a hefty guy, right? And this guy followed his workout routine and his eating schedule for 30 days. And I don't know how he managed to survive that. The amount of food he had to consume cost £50 per day. 
which is ridiculous to me. That's like a monthly shop. So I don't know how he was able to do this, but instantly um, in the world that we live in at the moment, we have this case of wanting instant gratification. We want results instantly from when we start something. And so the first thing this guy did was he went to his personal trainer that he had for this 30-day period and he said, what am I going to look like at the end of this? Like that's the only thing he cared about was the final result. And the personal trainer, she said something that really stood out to me. She said, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Because you need to start building muscles, you need to start building that foundation to build upon. The rock, he didn't just one day wake up and he was proper hefty like he is now, he built upon that muscle day by day. It took him years of training to be able to get to that position. And we need to be the same way about scriptures. But it's hard. It's hard for the same reason why it's hard going to the gym, because we like to see results now. We want to see results instantly. But I can guarantee that it's worth it. That work that you put in will pay off. That time investment of spending time in the scriptures will pay off. Because the promises will be fulfilled that the, that the Lord promises to us. I wanted to double check before sharing this this morning with Mike Thomas. Because I myself, I enjoy playing video games. And I'm guessing most of you here probably don't enjoy playing video games. Um, but Mike is someone who doesn't get it at all. He completely just has no clue why anyone would want to play them or enjoy playing them. So I knew if he could understand it, that everyone here would be able to understand it as well. And so I double-checked with him, and he said it was great. He said it was fine, so I'm going to share that with you this morning. And what jumped into my head whilst prepping my sermon was a game that I've played, and it's called Dark Souls, right? And so this game, it's one of the hardest games. It's known as one of the hardest games of all time. And a lot of the player base um, haven't even completed this game. For those who have completed this game, it would have taken them hundreds of maybe for some people even thousands of hours to get to the final of a uh, boss and to be able to complete that and get past that. And there's a reason why this is so challenging for so many people. And that is because it's designed to be that way. There's big bosses in your way guarding the paths. There's different paths you can take. There's different ways that you can choose to go about building your character. You can choose to focus on different characteristics of your character. You can equip different shields and weapons and armor. You can choose whatever you want. And you can go about the game throughout the whole thing by something that we know in life is trial and error. And that's how most people go about playing this game. By trial and error, they learn how to get over the things that are in front of them. And so when you come up to a boss fight and some people spend hundreds of hours trying to get past this one boss... It's because each single time they're learning something new about what is going on. And they might learn, oh, in this instance, you know, I can't attack the boss because if I try and attack him, he's just going to kill me. And I felt that feeling. I played this game like that. And it's really frustrating. It's really difficult. And for most people, what ends up happening is they go, do you know what? I just give up. There's this boss in my way and I can't defeat it. And I just can't be bothered trying anymore. Like, it just seems like there's no way around it. But there is something that can help you in this. Obviously, this game was created by someone. It might have been a person or an organisation. I'm not really sure who created the game. But they know everything about it. They put everything in place. They know every single nook and cranny of the game. They know where every single item is. They know where every single save space is to make you safe in that place. They know every single thing about it. They know how the bosses attack in every instance and how you can dodge that, and how you can attack back in a way that makes you victorious over it. 
And so I personally know someone who spent over 100 hours playing this game and never completed it. And these guys, these people who developed the game, they've created something that's called a walkthrough, which basically tells you, at this point, turn left, and there's an item there, pick that up, equip it, because it's really useful. It's going to help you later on. And so by following this walkthrough, I managed to complete this game in a space of 25 hours, the whole game, because I followed the step-by-step instruction that was given to me by the creator of the game, the person who knew and understood every single thing about it. But for some reason, we try and do the same thing in life. We try to go about life by a trial and error basis. We might struggle with things like anxiety or depression or many other things. And when we struggle with these things, we might try different things that will help us throughout that. Maybe some of us struggle to fall asleep. I know for myself, I enjoy listening to an audiobook that helps me fall asleep. Some people like listening to rain sounds. I've also been doing that recently as well. Some people, um, you know, might take a hot bath before they go to bed. People try different things to help them in that instance. And that's just to go to sleep. And there's so many other giants in our life that we don't know how to overcome and we try to deal with it by trial and error, by trying different things. Maybe we try self-help books. Maybe we try listening to those clips that say, you know, you are worth it, you are value, you are strong. And listening to those self-affirmations that some people tend to listen to. Maybe that's the way we go about life, but I want to encourage you this morning that it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to spend our life going by trial and error to try and figure out the way to the finish line. Because there was someone who is a creator of this universe. There was someone who is a creator of you and me and knows every single hair on our head and knew us when we were being knitted together in our mother's womb. And this creator didn't leave us to go by this world on our own accord. In the same way as the developers of this game made a walkthrough, our creator of this world has given us a walkthrough for life. And that is the scripture, that is the Bible. And we can follow this. If we spend our time researching this and following the step-by-step guides that it gives us in our life, and Proverbs is a great place for this, then it will teach us how we can sleep soundly, the same way as St. Patrick did in that warfare that he found himself in. Because he held on to the maker's instructions. And so that is the question for you this morning, is how are you going to go about life? Are you going to go about life on a trial and error basis? Or are you going to look into the scriptures and look at someone who goes, as Mike was saying earlier, goes before us and is behind us and walking with us, who is saying, hey, this is the best way to go about life, and tells you how to live it, and tells you how you can avoid fear of other things, and tells you how you can sleep peacefully. All the promises in the Bible can be fulfilled in our lives, but that starts with something. And that starts with the premise that Michael was talking about last week, and that is the understanding the fear of the Lord, realising that he is sovereign over not only our lives, but he is sovereign over the whole world. And so I want to encourage you, as you go about your week this week, just find the time to set aside for God. And make it as small and achievable as possible. Because it's so much better to be reading it consistently every day than trying to set some mammoth task, which I've done on many occasions, and you read it once, and then you don't do it the next day, and it's like, ah, oh, do you know what, it's too hard, I'm not going to bother trying. Start somewhere, in the same way as that person in, the, in, in a gym would start with light weights, and they would do repetitions over and over again, build up their strength, try and treat the Bible in the same manner. Build up a foundation that you can live your life upon. And 
I can guarantee that that investment of time and the work that you put in will be worth it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the sovereign one. God, I thank you that you are the creator and the maker of this world and everything in it. God, I thank you that when there's giants and there's bosses in our life, that you don't just set us to go and take it on by ourselves, but God, you know when it's going to happen, you know what it's going to be, and you know how to deal with it. God, and I thank you that you are with us every step of the way in that, God. I pray, Lord, that we return to you in those situations, God, that we would spend enough time in the scripture, enough time in your word, that it just sits there on the forefront of our mind. In the same way as driving a car becomes autonomous for so many people, God, I pray that your word, we would spend so much time in it that it becomes autonomous in our lives, that we start to live by it on a day-to-day basis, God, without even having to think about it. God, I pray that you will show us this week where our starting point with you is. No matter how firm our foundation might be right now, God, we know that we can build upon it, God. I thank you that you just say, one thing for us, and that is that we just need to pursue you, that those who seek you will find you, God. And I pray, Lord, that this will be a week where people start seeking you in a way that they've never seeked you before, God, and that you will hold true to your promise, as you always do, God, that they will find you in this place, Lord, that they will find you in their everyday lives, God, that the giants in their life, God, will fall down before you, God, because you are telling them and teaching them the strategic way to deal with that situation, God. I thank you that above all, you are in control. And God, I just pray that you would remain remain in control of my life and those lives of the people here, God, who trust in you. God, that we would turn to you, not just in the dire times, but God, in every situation, we would seek you first. And we would understand your love in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. There's one other point that I just want to make um, this morning before we we end, and that is this. There was an analogy I thought of a few years ago, and it was, when I grew up, when I was a child from birth, I was surrounded by my mother, and I would hear her voice in every situation. She was the one who would speak to me like I was an idiot because I had no clue what words were. She was the one going, hello, this morning, and I would hear that ever since I was a child. And so... If I ever found myself in an instant, say um, I'm like four or five years old and I'm in a supermarket and I get lost and there's loads of people around, it's a really busy day and I have no idea where my mum is, she would start calling out my name in that supermarket. Well, above all of the chaos that is going on, I'm able to hear and distinguish her voice from everything else that is going on around me because since birth, I became attuned to her voice. And I believe it's the same with God. I believe if we spend our time listening to his word and knowing what he is trying to tell us in our lives, we would become attuned to his voice. So when there's chaos going on around us, we would know when he is speaking. So many times I hear people, and this is something I've said so many times myself actually, is, was that me or was that God? I don't know if that thought in my head, but I don't know if it was me or if it was God. Well, If we become attuned to his voice, we would be able to distinguish his voice above everything else that is going on in the world. 
And that's why I want to encourage you to start building that foundation, to start spending time with him, not only in his word, but in prayer as well, because we will become attuned to his voice. We will get to a place where we'll be able to hear his voice above all else in every situation, so that if we ever have to deal with kings and druid priests, we would remain calm and sleep in peace, the same way as St. Patrick did 